0: And we are live for the 43rd episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And tonight we've got the full crew. We've got Alex. Hello. We've got G. Hey. And we've got Andrew, the, the most positive man on Twitter. How, how are we doing?
1: Not positive. Uh, it's positive So man?
0: <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, we haven't recorded in almost a couple of weeks. Uh Lots happened since we last recorded. Uh, Didi came back. Clinton had a war with the media. The Yankees took two or three from the Red Sox. The consecutive series streak ended. Uh Herman went on the I. L. Tanaka had sex. A lot of things happening. Um with the Yankee Yankee universe. Uh currently as we stand, uh Sunday night, they're tied for first place with the Rays. Seven cleared the Red Sox. So still things are still going good despite the uh Know the tough stretch they've had over the past week and a half, loop dropping back-to-back series after winning about 13 of their last 14. So, you know, things are as we've seen, things aren't always gonna be easy. But yeah, we're gonna, you know, recap the last few series. We're gonna talk about what pissed us off, bullpen trust list. We're gonna do it all. But guys, how how are we feeling about about this team? Man, anyone can start it off. Uh, you know, hasn't been the prettiest baseball the last couple weeks, right? The bullpen kind of starting to falter uh, after being so locked down for like almost the entire month of May. Uh, how, how are we feeling about this team right now?
2: Um, I'll start it off. I See, my thoughts right now is that I'm not really surprised that they're playing, you know, not, not doing as well as they were before. Like it was – they were bound to – where, you know, they weren't playing perfect baseball the whole time, but it's just – it's different to see them. Basically, everyone just fall apart. The bullpen um, was so good for so long, and this this weekend especially, it was god awful. Um, the starting pitching has been really inconsistent. The offense has has been inconsistent, so it's just it's different than what we were used to for like a month.
3: Yeah, I was a little bit – I mean, obviously, you don't want to see them have weeks, you know, going forward like they had this week. But, I mean, they were playing at such a high rate for, you know, basically all of them like the first week or so. They were playing at such a high rate and, you know, just winning series after series after series like with all the guys that were injured, you know, DD's back now. A couple is starting to come back. Like I think it's fine that they had a down week. I just want them to write these things quickly and not make a
1: habit out of it. Definitely agree. Um, these games are going to happen. You're going to go through stretches like this. You can't play the 700 clip all year. Uh, what I'm most concerned about or, or I guess curious to see how it plays out is if they can write this ship pretty quickly. Um, the bullpen, especially the top arms, have been used a lot. They've been playing... They've been winning a lot of games, but they've been playing a lot of close games. They ha- they haven't had a bunch of like 10-2, 10-1 wins where they could just ride out Cessa or Nestor Cortez or whoever. So it- every once in a while, you you know you're gonna have games like like Sunday where Canely just imploded. You have had the game in Toronto where Britton gave up the the bomb. To lose the game ultimately so, to uh, to Bloody Jr. Like this is gonna happen, the, but you mean
0: the only home run ball that's ever been hit off of Zach Britton slider or Zach Britton Snicker out of the zone? You mean like literally Dude, that, the only one just Oh my God. I mean just, like I was only listening to the game at that point. So I didn't realize like until I got home later that night and saw the highlight like oh wow he like that really was a good pitch. Like they were saying it was a good pitch and you just hit it but I was like yeah whatever. It was probably in the zone. Oh no it w- it was down and a good pitch and Vladdy Jr.
1: just sat on it. And, yeah, he crushed it. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, yeah, I mean, the, the offense isn't totally locked in right now. I mean, you look at today, um, Sunday they scored seven runs. They, they had a couple games they, where they, they put up five, six runs consistently. It just doesn't seem like they're really locked in, though. It kind of seems like a couple things kind of go their way. Um, DJ's been ultra clutch with with men on base. Um, he can't be the only guy producing. Um, so i still feel like they haven't hit their offensive stride and and that can help them get through some games where they have some pitching difficulties uh but it, it, you know it's still they're in, they're in good shape right now like you said seven games ahead of boston tied with tampa for first place um they just gotta you know mess up uh, clean up the messy play
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh definitely some sloppy baseball being played in a lot of these games uh let's just start off these recaps and like we said we're just gonna briefly go through these recaps because some of these games you know were over a week ago but the Yankees took two or three from the Red Sox, right? They improved to what is that now? Five and one against Boston, or four and one against Boston this year. They were supposed to play a four game set, but of course, Mother Nature did, did not allow that, so they only played three. But nevertheless, you know, Pap pitches a very good game that first game. Uh, Sale all over, or Lemayhu all over Sale. It was a good series, you know. The this was obviously the series. Uh, Herman pitch on Saturday and. You know, we didn't know at the time, but I guess he was he was battling something, right? He wasn't 100% healthy. And like some, I think Alex said, it's funny how he, he mentioned to the Yankees that he was injured after Keuchel, you know, gets uh, signed. It's, you know, a bit of a power move there by uh, Herman, but obviously, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, they go for the sweep Sunday night baseball. You know, Price gets the win. He pitches a good game. Clint has some adventures out in right field, but... Guys, what was your what was our takeaway from this our second series of the year against Boston? And you know, the next time we play the Red Sox, I'll we'll be across the pond.
2: I think it was it was a it was a really good series for the Yankees. They managed to work around like they had a really good first game. They managed to work around Herman really not having it in the second game. It just ended on a really sour note with the Red Sox just coming out and playing uh better in pretty much every aspect of the game on Sunday and then Clint kind of uh forgetting how to play any type of Mm -hmm. defense late in the game so I think it was a good series it just ended on a bad note
1: I really liked how they, they battled against Chris Sale um I mean obviously you look at his numbers and there's still nothing spectacular but you look at his next start um after he faced us again, it was against a pretty weak Kansas City lineup, but he had what 13 strikeouts in a complete game shutout.
0: And didn't um, he have it was like his second immaculate inning of the year And that? Yeah, it yeah. was pretty crazy. Right. So, so,
1: so it's still Chris out right? I mean, like, no matter what the numbers yeah. say, they still got the job done against one of the elite pitchers in the American League. Um, DJ had, had an awesome game. Um, obviously, Gary the big blast on Saturday and you know, CC. He, he actually left the game with the lead right on Saturday night. and um i think it was sessa gave it all up and then obviously clinton in the outfield um but i, I mean it's good you got to keep chugging off wins against the red sox these games are, are going to add up at the end of the year
0: yeah you know it's fun i was going to say this with cc i feel like cc in all of his starts he'll start off and it would just look really bad right he'll give up a couple home runs two three runs early on but at the end of his start it seems like he always has like six innings three runs you know he always puts together like a solid start at the end of the day that you kind of Say to yourself, all right, you know, I'll, I'll take that from CC. You know, it wasn't pretty, but at the end of the day, I'll take that. And you
1: CeCe? know what's crazy about
3: CC is that. Oh, sorry. So you go ahead. Oh, uh, no. I was going to say, I mean, CC, I feel like more than anyone, like there's a couple of guys in the rotation who maybe are concerned about, like, you know, Hat because he's a little bit older or Tanaka with, you know, the possibility of his elbow exploding. But, like, CC, I feel like more than anyone, they're just going to be like, yeah, go out there and throw five innings. And by the time you get to, like, August and September, you'll be ready to, like, you know, pitch without, you know, quite as much of a leash and get into the playoffs. Like CC, I feel like he's just kind of like, you know, quote unquote getting his work in.
1: Yeah. And he's doesn't really come across as dominant in really any of his starts anymore. And he's, he's never going to be that guy. And I know Yankees Twitter still likes to melt down every time he gives up two, three runs and only goes five innings because like that, apparently that's not an effective start anymore. Um, you need to go eight innings. That's your your from your, you num- know, from your number scrub.
0: five guy. It is right from one of you guys. Yeah. And you're back in your rotation. It is. And
1: here's the thing about CC: is that best case scenario, he doesn't even pitch for us in the playoffs. Maybe he comes out of the bullpen, like we need like a long man or something like that. But like we have four good yeah. arms before we even add anyone else.
0: Yeah, like you know, it's like see. C- yeah, you could see CC being used in a situation where maybe you know whether we're winning or losing. it's eight nothing in like a game three in the fourth inning, you you know you might throw CC out there just to eat some innings. But yeah, I mean it's it's really i think his era is still like just under he's been in like the high threes with era kind of all throughout the season but i mean he's been i kind of feel bad for cc because he's been stuck on 249 wins for what three or four starts now right he's been going for his last few starts and he still hasn't gotten it it would have been really cool to see him get it in cleveland you know the place where it all began but didn't work out like that right it just didn't work out um a little bit of a more negative note because we kind of have to talk about it uh You know, Clint's uh, Clint's adventures in right field, um, you know, it was bad. Uh, It was awful. It was some of the worst outfielding I've ever seen, but it really did just get blown out of proportion. Like, I've never, like, people wanted to fucking trade him. You know, like, it was like, oh, let's trade this guy. And then, you know, he doesn't talk to the media afterwards. Like, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, man. I I really didn't. did, Did any of us think it was? I don't think any of us thought it was, like, too big of a deal, right? I mean, it's, it's... it sucked,
2: but it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Like, he's not a great fielder. You got to expect that stuff to happen.
3: Mm-hmm. But... I think it was just, like, a combination of a lot of silly things. Like, in a vacuum, like, yeah, players have a bad game, and if he, if he felt, like, annoyed enough that, you know, he didn't want to talk to the media because he felt like he'd say something stupid or inflammatory, like, that's fine. Like, I get that. Like, obviously, it doesn't look good, and the media always, like – you know, whales on a guy when they don't. You the can't media beat after. the media,
0: like you know, you just can't beat. Them. You can't go to war to uh, go into a battle with like the New York media and expect to beat them. You know, like I feel and, like people this
2: made one was... more of a big deal about him not wanting to talk to the media about that. Yeah, than him actually making uh, the
0: yeah, like the that was mistakes, you know, right? I was just about to say that, Alex. It really was like that. Like, I almost wish he did just talk to the media, even if he was, you know, gave a bunch of, like, kind of nothing answers because that became the story. It's like, you know, if you would have just talked to the media and whatever, it's like, yeah, it would have been, you know, people would have still remembered you having a terrible night in the outfield, but it's like, whatever. But the fact he didn't talk to the media, like, that turned it into, like, you know, they were still talking about it the, the next night, like, on the Yes the uh, broadcast, you know, for, like, an inning or so. Like, it turned into a much bigger story than it needed to be. And, like, that's why it's like, dude, just if you just talk to the media – You know, the fact that you didn't talk to the media, then it's like, oh, there's something to talk about because you're you're just supposed to talk to the media after the game. That's just what you do.
1: Right. And the media is such a beast in itself um, because there's really, I guess, what three ways the story can play out. Either you go into the interview, you say some stuff, you have a really pissy attitude, and they totally write some bullshit argument about, uh, article about you the next day. Like they warp what you say, they make it about your attitude and, you know, the way Mm -hmm. you were looking down and not acknowledging them and being standoffish um two you you go in and you're just honest and you own it and it goes away or three you do what he did and you just refuse to talk to them and then the media and I, i'm not going to defend the media because i personally am not someone i feel like there's a sense of entitlement with them i get their their job is there to deliver the news but i feel like there's mm-hmm. also a sense of entitlement. like they are their owed answers like he's he has free speech too he can choose to be like no piss off I had a really bad day. I want to go home and sulk and be be ready mm-hmm. to go for Toronto, right? Like, but if you do that, then you run the risk of they have to write a story the next day. Their jobs, you know, are, are relying on them putting out content. And if you don't talk to them, they have to make up something or put together something based on what they know about you. They don't have actual interview content.
0: And yeah, you I, I do feel for Clint because you know you just have to put yourself in his shoes, right? And obviously, he gets paid a lot more than you know someone who works a normal job, but just imagine after like a terrible day of work, like you messed up, like whatever you do, like you just had a terrible day of work. And then you have to answer a bunch of questions about it, like right after it's done, like you'd probably be pissed too. And like, that's probably what that you know, what he was going through. He's still, you know, a young dude. He's still got a lot to work on in terms of, you know, the way he handles himself. But yeah, I mean, I I really didn't have any sort of problem with him not wanting to talk to the media.
1: And it, look, anything, it was it was, think... it was
0: also after a Sunday night game against Boston, so that on ESPN. So I think that just made it like twice as worse.
1: Yeah, and, and, I, and he knew that too. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he eventually talked to me media when they went to the Toronto, and and he kind of owned the fact that he felt really bad that he lost the game for them. Granted, I think they were down what like five. Their six offense runs. wasn't
0: doing much, anyways. But yeah, he definitely and, and, and had they made a, it. Maybe they, they made it. For him.
1: Yeah, they they rallied late to make it close. But I mean, who's to say that? The they game always play out that, that way if it was that, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: like right. they, the Yankees can be getting no hit through eight innings and then in the ninth inning they'll somehow have five runners you know five base runners right uh, it's just
3: that's what yeah. the Yankees do until he like until he builds more of like a rapport with the media like until they until he becomes more of an established like player and person around the clubhouse I think he just has to be extra cautious like keep his head on a swivel right like I feel like the it seems You know kind of like the media has had knives out for him you know for some of those reasons are kind of silly like you know the number thing that was like a misunderstanding but like these situations kind of keep coming up and he just has to feel like be extra cautious about what he says or what he doesn't say you know because otherwise he'll have to deal with situations like this where they you know like oh his attitude is bad or all these various things that keep coming up like for you know not great reasons
2: yeah to build off of what G said, I think one thing with Clint is like he's like shown his personality a lot more than a lot than other players have just because he like before the season he all of his tweets and stuff about how he was gonna steal the job from Gardner and everything he's shown that he's not gonna just tell the media everything that they want to hear and stuff he's gonna be himself, but he hasn't proven that he's like a good player yet. He, this is his first full year, so I think that's something that has basically allowed them to come up, or not come up with, but like to basically pick on him as their prey, basically.
1: Because right, and of course, you know, he has all the the, the history too, with all the, the the previous stories, and him coming up when he got traded with the hair. Like they, yeah, he's been a target of of yeah, of he's, the a, media. he's a target because he
2: says all these things because he has confidence in himself and he hasn't had the chance to fully back it up
1: yet.
3: He's right, done He's it. kind of He's like done a out well personality.
1: Year,
3: right. right. Man,
0: you know, just so many of those old Clint tweets were just like one word. It's like ready. And you're just like, wow, this is a pretty deep tweet, Clint. Getting some pretty deep stuff. But, I, yeah, you know, man, people wanted to trade Clint. You know, people wanting to get him out. Man, that dude has and in, like like Andrew, I think you said this you could teach a guy to be a better defender you know you could make a guy improve defensively can't teach a guy to hit like that like he, this dude is a fucking great hitter i think he's got what 13 home runs now i mean he's i mean this dude could be a legit 30 home, 30 home or 100 rbi guy for the rest of his career i mean he's he's that special you you you'll worry about the defense later if he's giving you those types of offensive numbers so clint will be fine Obviously, blown out of proportion. Nothing to worry about.
3: That's Um, the one thing, also, that.
0: Also, quick reminder uh, FSU going to the College World Series. I just (laughs) see on Twitter, the game finally ended, guys. I'm so damn happy right now. Wow. Uh, Continue, G.
3: Sorry. Um, The. (laughs) Like, that, you know, some people pointed it out, which is good, but, like, it's not like he's, you know, sitting on his ass in the dugout or, like, you know, showing up late or anything like that. Like, you know, a few different outlets noted like he's been at the stadium like he shows up early he's working out you know with the coaches i think he also named dropped aaron judge like he's just really working hard like it might not necessarily manifest itself yet but like we all this was the example that andrew directly mentioned like gary sanchez we like to you know like wail on him for the past balls and all that stuff and now he's like showing improvement like Clint's showing up early and working really hard at it and it just hasn't quite manifested itself yet.
1: It's crazy how two years in a row we've had a large chunk of the fan base try and run these guys out of town because they're a little bit of a pariah because they're bit. young and,
0: and not fucking gold glovers. Like big right, surprise. Right.
1: And, and and the Yankees are a team of tradition and class mm. and you know, you have all these these long term you know, people still think about, you know, the Paul O'Neills and the Bernie Williams and the Derek Jeters, like don't
0: try Mickey Mantles and Thurman Munson's. And but Babe I'm saying Bruce. more
1: recently, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. even like people like like our age, let's say, who kind of grew up watching mm-hmm, like those yeah. people. Like you can't get to the stature of those players unless you play for a couple years and prove yourself. And if you get rid of these guys, you're ready to ship people out of town after a couple bad weeks. Like you're never gonna see them develop into these type of players, and the talent's there.
3: Like I feel like a large section of the fan base is just not familiar with the process of like watching a young player grow up. Like the Yankees Mm -hmm. for most of my life were always like, you know, the A-Rods, the Teixeiras, you know, Derek Jeter, like the established veterans. And now over the last, you know, several years when they've had, you know, the judges and Gary's and, you know, the Clint Frazier's, the young players who still have work to do and have to grow up. And we're just not familiar as a fan base with, you know, that they're going to, you know, fuck up that they're going to make mistakes and that they're not just going to come in and be the same player that they've been for the
1: first X years of their career. I'll give you a good example. Look at look at Sunday's game against Cleveland. Obviously, we're not talking about brash personalities, but look at the uh, the pitchers who came in in relief of Shane Bieber. You had AJ Cole, you had Tyler Clippard, who's on the other end of the spectrum because he's old and bad. But you had uh, AJ Cole, Nick Goody, and and Tyler Olson all pitched. All three of those guys, I bet you we can dig up tweets where we, all four of us, trashed all three of those guys when they were on the Yankees. Like, I, there's no doubt in my mind. And, and the fan base is so volatile and so quick to just pound these guys into the pavement and run them out of town. Like, and yet players develop and they become good, competent players that you want on your roster. And like, if you don't give them the chance, they're never going to be there.
2: Yeah. To, just look at um, like Gio Urshela. look at Voight, look at Hicks. Look at Deedee. All those guys started off, their careers not as good, and then they went to the Yankees and became stars. And I think a lot of the fans are used to just seeing people come to the Yankees and performing. Like, even someone like Judge, who started off bad in 2016, he then came in 2017 and hit 52 home runs. The, a lot of the fans are not used to seeing players struggle when they go come to the team recently, you know, which is why I think a lot of fans – I think Stanton's season last year was awful, even though he hit 38 home runs.
3: For a player like Clint, I feel like – I mean, obviously the Yankees and the New York market and the media climate is what it is, but I feel like for a player that's at the stage of his career like Clint, the Yankees, you know, provide a certain amount of cover, right, because you still have, you know, Judge. He's not around now, but, you know, you still have, like, the Stanton caliber players, like the big – time players who are going to command more of that attention. So, you know, like unless he, you know, keeps doing things that put himself in the media, like he's going to eventually be able to just, you know, fade back and show up for the right reasons because he's having a good season. He really is.
1: And we're down a host. All right, guys, let's uh <laughs> what do we? <laughs> did we lose Luigi? See is, is he hanging I with think, us?
2: I think we I think we lost him.
1: Oh no. Press on.
3: Who did they All play right. after Boston? Uh well, I mean, they
2: played the they played the Jays after uh the Red Sox series and lost the
0: the the Jays uh hang on. Um, yeah, I lost I'm lost the back. first two series of the game. Oh, he's back. I'm, I'm back, guys. Yeah, my my mic cut out. It had nothing to do with me celebrating FSU's College World Series appearance. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. Nothing to do with that. I didn't unplug my mic in celebration. That did not happen. Um, yeah, Alex, I was trying to say before, when we were talking about guys that, you know, kind of didn't have good starts to their career. I mean, look at Severino. Severino has that first year where he's phenomenal, right? He only, I think he only had like 10 starts. And then he had that second year where – I mean, he looked. He was like the worst pitcher in baseball. Right? He was, he was so wild. fucking. He was so bad. And it was like, wow. I, okay, I got remember a
2: certain uh, co-host of this podcast just flipping out every single time uh, Severino pitched. Well, me? Uh, it's not me, right? Definitely not, not uh, me. Not no. me. Not me, right?
0: Of course not, it couldn't be
2: me. It was very no obviously G.
0: That, yeah, G. Jesus, a f- a psycho man. G, G, that guy freaks out <laughs> about everything. <laughs> you know. You know what's wild about
1: Severino is we we came up in 2015 and we saw the glimpse of what he ended up being in 2017, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2016 was an unmitigated disaster. Like, they had to fake that injury. I don't actually ever know if that injury was real or not.
0: Yeah, I think about that too. Like, I think they were kind of like, all right, this is his injury. Let's get him there, out.
1: There might have been some
0: kind of
2: injury, but they probably milked it until they felt he was, like, ready to come back.
1: But look, I mean, I, this is the perfect lead in into something else We want if we want to go there on the show, like – what if they're doing the same thing with Domingo Herman, right? Like, what if he has, like, a – the flex, hip flexor strain is, like, right next to your groin, right? Like, maybe mm-hmm. that's something you can kind of pitch through, but maybe they said, you know what? We'll shut you down. Your mechanics are out of whack anyway, and you have yeah. an innings limit. This is a perfect excuse to just save your arm for a couple a couple weeks. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah.
0: somebody mentioned that innings limit when it happened. And like, I, like, I think I speak for – I'm not sure if I speak for everyone, but I completely forgot he was on an innings limit. Like, it completely just slipped my mind. I said, oh, yeah, like, that's – you know, like, if he misses three weeks, then, hey, maybe that's th- – I'd rather him miss, you know, three weeks in June than in September because I still have confidence that, especially if Severino comes back and he's healthy, Herman would be nasty out of the bullpen. I mean, that dude, his numbers, the first two, two times through the lineup is like, you know, his opponent batting average is like 160. And then third time, 315. I know a lot of pitchers that happens to, but, man, having Herman for winning out of the bullpen, I mean, he's already made a couple appearances out of the bullpen this year, and he's been nasty, so – yeah, Herman out of the bullpen would be great, especially if he's going to be on an innings limit because we we need him to start right now. You know, we're we're still not healthy, especially with especially with Tanaka going and having sex nine months ago. I mean, what what's that guy doing? Didn't he know we'd we'd be down like ten men at this point? Like, come on, Tanaka, what are you doing? Oh man, um, let's see what else we got, guys. Let's talk. I want to quickly talk about the Blue Jays series. Uh, you know, was the, this was the series that. Ended the consecutive uh, series victory streak. The Yankees were at nine consecutive series one. And then they went north of the border. And I don't know, there's something about Toronto sports teams right now that they're just really damn good. You know, I don't know. Um, they lose the, the first Warriors two games of the swept set by the
2: Diamondbacks. So I think that kind of just disproves your theory.
0: Um, Not really, because uh, they beat <laughs> us and that's all that matters, right? Uh, fuck <laughs> the Diamondbacks. Um, <laughs> no, but the Yankees, yeah, they lost the first two games of the series. Uh You know, fun fact and not fun at all, actually. The Yankees on this road trip, right, they lost four games. They led all four of these games. Like they led both games against the Blue Jays. Lost or the first two games against the Blue Jays, they lost, and then you know they jumped out to two nothing leads against Cleveland Friday and Saturday, and lost both those and, games. So, and today too, they
2: had a two nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and a five nothing lead.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow, a lot of blown leads this week for the for the Yankees. Who you know up until this week, their their bullpen was just holding every lead and shutting everything down, but.
1: Wasn't the case obviously, we week. should have gotten Dallas Keuchel, right? Like, clearly, he's the fix for everything.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, if Dallas Keichel, he would have thrown five starts this week. He would have thrown complete game shutouts in every start. Um, Dallas- and and, and, and coming in
1: relief every game. every game.
0: Honestly, like, it's the same Dallas Keuchel that shut us down in the wild card game. You know, it's the same exact guy, no different, no way. It's the same logic with getting,
2: Matt, uh, with getting Bumgarner. You know, he's obviously going to be the same guy from in
0: 2014. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, speaking of Mad Bum, not a good day for him. <laughs> no, no, who <it> wasn't? <laughs> oh man, that was that was great. Uh also, you know, speaking of miscellaneous baseball news, uh obviously is a red sock, but man, prayers up to Big Poppy. Apparently he got shot in the Dominican uh, attempted armed robbery.
1: He got uh, shot in the leg. Yeah, that's so funny. I mean like okay, okay, I mean, okay. Prayers up. It sounds like that's probably like a nun. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you
0: just never know, man. The, you know, I mean,
1: obviously it would get. God, it seems it like something
0: to... sketchy happens in the Dominican with the uh, with baseball player like every year. Like I always get scared yeah. when I hear those stories, man.
1: Where's uh, where's Wilson Ramos from? Remember he was kidnapped for like six weeks. Yeah, that was oh, like well, that Venezuela was or something?
0: I think I think Venezuela because Venezuela had a has had a lot of problems in uh, the, the last couple of years. Scary. And that that's, and, and, and Tyro, was tiny.
2: shot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ty- Tyro got shot.
0: That yeah, you know, that tweet that was like Strada got shot and still made it back before Jacoby Ellsberg.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, guys. So real quick, because because fuck the Blue Jays. Recap of that Blue Jays series. Thoughts, takeaways, anger that that second game where we fucking we were up seven to four and lost eleven to seven, which is brutal. That, that that was that was really bad.
1: I'll make it real quick. Kendrick's Morales can't hit. Aaron Hicks is rounding into shape, and Luis Sessa deserves to be nowhere near a major league mound ever again. Are we good? Are we good? We're are we, good. We, are we good. Uh, moving also, on. DJ
0: on. LeMay fantastic. Good. Yeah, DJ LeMay, who literally is incredible, especially with yeah. runners on base. Um, now let's move to this series, uh, Cleveland. Like uh, you know, like I already said, they're up two nothing. Both of these, you know, Friday and Saturday game. Uh, D, you know, DD made his return, right? DD makes his return. His first pitch he sees, he rips it to right, gets thrown out at second. Um, trying to stretch it to a double, but nevertheless, the bat's there, the hands are there. He looks good. We won't talk about what he did on Sunday right now, but he looks good, you know, at the plate, right? He hit his first home run Saturday. Things were going good for DD, but yeah, man, it's not, not a good series for this, not a good week, not a good series for this Yankees bullpen. Um, you know, Friday and Saturday – the bullpen didn't blow it Friday and Saturday, but they kind of just put it out of reach. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But, man, it, I, I was just – I think we all felt like this. I was just so mad they were losing to that Indians team because, like, they, like Jason Kipnis was literally 0 for 21 entering that series, and he just looked like prime Jason Kipnis this weekend. He was just spraying balls all over the field, getting big hits. I was like, wait, well, this guy's hitting, like, two – like, Jose – like, Ramirez was getting hits. That's another thing I want to talk about. Who's that like, guy,
1: Oscar Mercado, who, like, look looked like Lou Gehrig against us? Like, <laughs> <yes>.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, wait, don't they – like, aren't they terrible offensively? Well, they're fucking tagging us. Well, what's going on here? Uh, yeah, just very, uh, very bizarre. This was almost – look, if the Yankees – let's just talk about this Sunday game, being it was the one win. If the Yankees – you know, they're up 5-0, right? Everything's going good. It looks like a nice and easy victory. You know Boone. It's a you know it was a bullpen day. So Boone, you know he goes green for two innings. Cortez for three innings of shutout. Cortez does well. Then puts in Tommy Canley in the six. Right, you know no one blinks an eye. Right, everyone's cool with it. Tommy Tommy pants goes on to give up four runs in one inning. It's five to four out of nowhere. Um, this was also a game where every pitcher who's ever pitched for the Yankees ever was on the mound for the Indians. Um, we got Clipper, we got AJ Cole. It was there was a Olsen. There was a lot of guys just coming out of nowhere. Um, but you know, Adavino comes in the seventh inning, five-four game, gives up a eight hundred foot home run to dead center. That's how that's Satcast said it went eight hundred feet. So that's how many feet it went. And yeah, the Yankees almost blew this game, and it probably would have been the worst loss of the season. But fear not, they would get a Clint Fraser gets a sack fly in the ninth. Dede almost, you know, first and second, two outs, the bottom of the ninth, right? Uh, Chapman gets the ground ball to short. Uh, Dede just whiffs on it, man. Runs, scores, tie game. Uh, it, uh, suicide watch times a thousand. It, it was looking like the Yankees are gonna lose the game, and what well, do you know? Cameron Mabin and Aaron Hicks come up big in the tenth. They get a, both get doubles. Yankees win seven to six. Stephen Tarpley comes in, in the ninth inning, gets the save, strikes out the side. Uh, we avoid the sweep. We finish the road trip two and four. Well, let's get the hell back to New York, man. Well, that was man, that was a stressful game today, man. That that I was miserable. Like I came in, it was funny. Like my mom came, in, I was like watching the game, and it was the eighth inning, and my mom came in and she's like, "Why do you look so mad? It's like a tie game, five five. It's a good game." I'm like, "Well, you know, they were just up five nothing like a half hour ago, and now here we are in a five five game, so." You know, at the end of the day, they get the win. But man, what a rough week of baseball, uh, guys! What, what what happened in this Cleveland series? Well, why did the Indians look like the fucking Astros this weekend?
2: It just everything imploded. <laughs> <laughs> the bullpen just decided that they 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 just they just imploded. Like the bullpen, I think is the one is the one reason that this series was so awful. Like they every single uh pitcher that came out of the bullpen just did not have it except for maybe Zach Britton today,
0: Steven Tarpley. And Steven Tarpley, <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out. Um
2: and also there it just it uh, I don't even have words for it. It's just the the bullpen was so bad this weekend, it I don't even know how else to describe it. <laughs>
1: I think it's just one of those things, right? I mean, as like we said earlier on, these kind of games are going to happen. What's more important is that this doesn't linger. Uh, but I mean, the guys aren't going to—you're ha- not going to have four or five relievers in your in your bullpen with sub-two ERAs all year. Um, it's just just a messy week. They—I I think I'd mentioned in one of our chats. It just seems like they they struggle in maybe three or four ballparks every year, and they got two of those ballparks back to back on this road trip. Like they always seem to struggle in Cleveland and for whatever reason they can, they can beat up on the Jays all they want in stadium. They always struggle up in Toronto. I don't know why. So it could just be one of those things, but uh, I mean, I I guess I'm just glad it's over. Uh, And now we get the Mets. Um, Hopefully that that can help us out. But I mean, you know, the world will burn if, if things go south this week. Um, Yeah. I, I think this is just a blip in the radar.
0: Yeah, hope, hopefully, right. Um, because if they keep playing like this, whoo, whoo. Um, guys, we want to get into our, our our awards for the week, our Player of the Week, what pissed us off, a- anything else to recap from the last uh, ten or so Yankee games? Let's forget the last ten or so Yankee games. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I think they were like six and six in the last twelve, but it definitely wasn't pretty. It wasn't. Let's about forget the, the last
2: six games then.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. This was a bad road trip. Not not good. You play two, you know one team that's well below 500 and a 500 team you expect to go better than two and four. 500 right? but, team that
2: yeah. has benefited from being in a terrible division.
3: Mm-hmm. It's one yeah. thing to lose games, but they lost these games in a very, very annoying way. So yeah. I'm ready mm-hmm. to forget them.
0: Yeah. Um, so G being that you just talked, give us your player of the week. Who's your <clears throat> player of the week?
3: All right. So my player of the week is Aaron Hicks and for the week he was six for 22. He had three home runs and six RBIs. He, I believe it was Andrew just a few minutes ago, said, you know, he's definitely starting to round into form and, um, you know, it brings some stability to the outfield, you know, really good fielder, especially, you know, good to have that with Clint Frazier playing out there, you know, a guy who can really lock down, you know, with good range. And, you know, he brings a really good bat to the top of the lineup, you know, most of the time, it's second now instead of first with, you know, the arrival of DJ LeMahieu. But, um, you know, it really another just a really good bat that lengthens lengthens the lineup. And you know, he didn't have a, you know, great first week or so. But you know, launched a couple home runs in typical Aaron Hicks fa- uh, fashion. He pimped the shit out of them. And, always, uh, always pimp everything. But you know, it's good, and he was he had a good week, and I hope that continues because you know he was really really good for a lot of last year and we need that with some injuries, you know, continuing to linger.
0: I'll go next. Um my player of the week, I'll give it to Clint Frazier. Uh he was 2 for 10 with a home run in the Toronto series. Then he went 5 for 9 against Cleveland, right? The team that drafted him. He was just pissing on the ball this weekend. Um I also Despite not making any spectacular plays, any highlight reel plays, I thought he played a pretty solid outfield. You know, made the plays he needed to, tr- tracking balls well. It, it was a, like it was a very quiet but very solid week defensively for Clint. But man, I can't get over him at the plate. You know, he, like he just continues to rake, continues to almost you know he, he's making a strong case to be the Yankees DH right when this team's fully healthy. I mean, obviously. That's if they don't trade him because the guy's such a bum, right? According to half of the Yankees Twitter. But, yeah, Clint's my player of the week. I thought he had a nice bounce. To come back from what he went through on Sunday to just have – you know to go uh, seven for uh, 19 on the week, great job by Clint this week. He's my player of the week. Alex, who do you got?
2: So my player of the week is DJ LeMayu. The machine. Um, The the man who cannot get out when there's runners in scoring position – uh, this what's week, is a, what's we, his
0: average at now with runners on scoring points? Is he above he's over, or below he's, 500? I, I'm pretty sure he's either at or over 500. Jesus Christ. Um, it's fucking the second week of June, and this guy's hitting 500 with runners on base. It's ridiculous.
2: This week, though, he went 9 for 22. He had three doubles, a home run, six RBIs. He was hitting 409. Um, and he just he came through in every single situation. Um, it, Like in the... In game three against the J, or in game two against the Jays, he had a three run home run uh, to make it 7 4. Uh, in Cleveland, he had a couple hits. Um, you know, and just he, he continues to get hits with earners in scoring position. He always puts up a good at bat, and he's, he's been the Yankees MVP this year, I think. Um, and it, it pains me to say it, but Luigi did call this uh, earlier before the season started. He said DJ has a chance to be the Yankees MVP for this year because he's so underrated. Um, But he's been probably the Yankees' best player for this year. I'm pretty sure he leads them in war. Um, And he's just been a godsend for this team this year.
0: Yeah, Andrew has the hottest one right here. Andrew, who's your player of the week?
1: I I actually don't. Um, The the more I've been looking at things – I'm actually going to go with, with Cameron Maben, Which oh, I like
0: that. I like that. It, it doesn't – you know, the name doesn't oh, pop like the page.
1: That. He only played in, in four of the six games this week. But in his last three games, um, the last two games in Toronto, and then he he, he, uh, he sat both Friday and Saturday against Cleveland, but he did play today. In all three of those last three games, two hits in each game, two runs scored in each game. Uh, he's got a total of eight bases uh, across the six hits. So um, what was that? Four, uh, four singles and two doubles. Uh, I mean, who would have thought that he's been, I, you know, he, he came over and then he started hitting, he's, you know, around 280, 290. You kind of figured that would taper off. And you look at his batting average as of tonight, he's still at, a, what, 289? Like, he's, he's still a, a, a solid bat in the lineup. He's not going to wow you with anything he does. He's going to play good outfield. But, uh, I mean, he was a solid bat in, in the lineup in the games he played this this week, and they don't win that game Sunday without him starting the rally with the double in the 10th inning.
0: Yeah, no, maybe has been great this year. Uh, we're about to go into what pissed us off this week. And this is, this isn't mine, but this is just a bonus. I, I just hate how like, he just will go like a game or two without playing. Like when we see Kendris Morales in the lineup, like he should get those at bats over Kendrys Morales. He's been such a better hitter. I know he's not your typical DH, but goddamn, neither is a guy that can't hit for shit like Kendris Morales. But that's all I wanted to say right there. Um, let's get into what pissed us off this week. Uh, I just, Set the tone right there with uh, he's going off on the camera, maybe not playing. Uh, Alex, what pissed you off this week?
2: So, going off, oh, I, I,
0: Alex is is going through a tunnel of some sort. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Am I good now?
0: Yeah, you, you're good now. Yeah. Oh, so
2: for me, the fact that Aaron Boone kept kept putting Hendricks and Morales in the lineup is yeah. unforgivable. Honestly, the guy is hitting 140 with the Yankees this year. Eight, he's eight for 57 with a home with one for basic, which was that home, Jesus.
0: which was that. Well, I think we lost Alex temporarily, but yeah, now Kendrys Morales. Just the fact that this dude's still getting at bats is ridiculous.
3: He was three for 18 this week. This level. What's that was, worse is the
1: explanation Boone for gave for him, right? Like, yeah, that was was like bad. oh well, he's still squaring up the ball, and we think that he still could provide a lot of depth to the lineup because he's a switch hitter. We just gotta get him going. It's like, dude, he's not hitting, stop it. He's
3: yeah. <laughs> so like he's a tired old horse at the end of his career. Just let him like it's fine. Right? As as, just take him out back. Like as soon as John Carlo comes back or Judge, God bless him if they hope they don't have setbacks. But like, you know, as soon as one of those guys comes back. How are you going to make a case that he's not the guy that should be gone? Like, Mm -hmm. right, Cameron Maven's been good. Brett Gardner's been streaky, but, you know, better than Morales. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, Gardy hasn't been great, but he's had some moments, you know. Yeah, like any (laughs) of these guys would be better than him in the lineup every day.
2: You guys want to hear a weird stat, too? Morales has only struck out six times.
3: Yeah, that (laughs) – so he's grunting at weekly He's
2: he's making contact. He just can't do anything with it. Yeah,
0: like they keep, they keep oh, talking oh, so it hits about into the, the shift. Tele- <laughs> yeah, yeah, they keep talking about it on the telecast. Like the shift ruined that guy's career. Like he was a good hitter before they everyone started mm-hmm. shifting and now he just sucks. He just hits into the shift every time. Like the shift was made for guys like Kendrys Morales. Yeah, exactly. I forget who
1: I was talking to. It, it may have been like a family member this week or maybe it was one of you guys in, in one of the chats, but like if you think about 2009 Uh, excuse me, 2008 uh, when the Angels traded for Teixeira and like he left in free agency to come over to the Yankees, right? They had no one to play first base. And they're like, oh, I guess we'll just just plug this guy from Cuba in here, right? Like what? And he was awesome. He was phenomenal. Yeah. And then ever since he, I mean, I know he had like that that stint in Minnesota and Seattle and he was good in Toronto for a while. But like after that guy hit that walk-off home run and slammed on home plate and shattered his leg, that Mm -hmm. killed like what could have been like an unbelievable career. Yeah, yeah, because he's Speaking really he's just shift.
3: so slow. Speaking of the shift killing careers, Teixeira that year, the year before he came to the Yankees, batted like 315, and two years later, he was batting 240. So,
0: well, that was a positive note, G. Never talk bad about Mark Teixeira. Uh, Mark Teixeira, was thanks for that,
1: name. G. We're all really happy now. <laughs> so, now what pissed G off this week? <laughs> Mark yeah, Teixeira.
0: Yeah. Mark DeShara hitting 240 in 2010. Let me tell
3: you, Mark DeShara's segment on the Michael K. show this week really pissed me off. Uh, (laughs) Please tell me this is not what your segment is. No, no, no. This is not what
1: my segment is. This is some hot content coming to you on the Bronx Final Double Podcast. (laughs) We're gonna call this segment
3: uh, "G on the Bong"
1: because because
0: uh, <laughs> G's clearly just hitting a bong, just saying, you know, Mark Teixeira in 2011 had a bad batting average. Rip. All right, G. So what pissed you off?
3: Well, what pissed me off was Domingo Herman waiting. What was it? Almost three weeks to tell the Yankees that he was feeling anything with his hip, like. And I'm not going to take it in, like, a Dallas Keuchel, you know, they should have signed him t- type of thing, like, because that's been beaten to death. But, like, just in terms like Are in you?
1: General,
3: like, I mean, no. <laughs>
1: I, can, can you definitively tell me that you did not say that earlier today? To, to
3: I did, but, I mean – Oh, okay. I just wanted that on tell, record. Thank you. You also can't tell the degree of seriousness to which that statement was delivered. That's fine. I said it. Um, The – you know, just in general, like, it never really works out, right? A player feels something, they have, like, an injury more than, like, your everyday aches and pains, and then they wait, like, X amount of time and have to go on the, you know, their injured list anyway. Like, he said he first felt it on the 26th, and, you know, he felt pain in his last start on Friday. Like, just tell the team, for Christ's sake. Like, it's – you go on the DL – or, sorry, the IL for, you know – Ten days or a week, like who knows if it got any worse, you know, more severe and lengthened that IL spent over the last three weeks. But it's just annoying, and like obviously they're incredibly injured this year. But like you have guys like Chance Adams, like you have guys who can at least throw innings, you know, in the organization. And Herman's been pretty average over the last few weeks, you know, not necessarily correlating with the injury, but like it, it has been overlapping with the injury.
0: Oh yeah. Um yeah, you know, yeah, you gotta gotta tell your team when you're hurt, right? Uh, but you know, like who knows? Maybe he knew, he was aware of Keiko. I mean two hundred IQ play by Herman. Um Andrew, <laughs> Andrew, what uh what pissed you off this week? Well like I always say with Andrew, what didn't piss Andrew? What off this didn't week, piss right? me <laughs> off,
1: Jeez. You breathing pissed me off. No, um wow. I got wow. dark. Wow. wow. <laughs>
0: Well, guys, no, I'm going to um, hold my breath the rest of the show. Hopefully it doesn't go too
1: much. <laughs> it it's that mic, man. It amplifies everything. Um, for me, it's very e- easily the inability to hold leads. I in mean, all four, I, you already said, in all four of their losses this week, they had blown leads. Um, you know, to a lesser extent on Saturday, they had the two-on-home run from Didi in the first inning. Like, I mean, there's plenty of time for Cleveland to come back in that game. But they had a what a seven four lead in that second game against Toronto.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep that that was
1: that was I think the worst loss of the yeah. of the entire week because you had I don't even remember who who started the inning they gave up two runs I know I believe was it Sessa? I I thought he given up a couple runs before uh, Britton gave up the home run to Guerrero Oh no excuse me Sessa pitched later in the game right he gave up. The home runs out the wazoo after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sessa
0: pitched after Brit. It, it was Holder. It was Holder. It was Odovino, Kainley, yeah, mean, Holder, Brit, Sessa.
1: Yeah, I mean, that. that's – I, I think uh, Ottavino came in, like, got one out, walked the guy. They immediately yanked him, put in Kainley, and he escaped the jam. But then Holder imploded the next inning. Shocker. Um, Big shock. So, <laughs> it, it's, it's just the inability of these guys to hold leads. And, again, they're not going to be locked down the whole year. Uh, but just to have everything compound in a, such a tight window and have it happen over and over and over again and then lose a ton of winnable games in a short window, that was the worst part. So that's really what, what i grinded right my gears the most this week.
2: A weird thing I've noticed about Holder is that the last two years, it seems like he goes on streaks where he's actually really good. Yeah. Like especially last year, he had like a 24 scoreless inning streak or something. And this year hasn't been as good, but then after that ends, he just completely explodes, and he's
0: awful. Yeah, he was awful Saturday, man. Like, yeah. Two home runs, three rounds in that inning. Whew.
2: But, like, begin, like the beginning of basically all of May, he really was not that bad at all. He, he had a few streets. hiccups, but for the most part, he was pretty re- reliable.
3: He goes on streaks just long enough for Aaron Boone to, like, want to use him and – Important situations, and then those are the situations that he screws up in.
2: <laughs> he goes on streets yep, yep, long yep. enough to get onto our trust list and then, yeah, just yeah. dies
1: and then yeah. kicks us right in the nuts. Exactly, yeah, exactly.
0: Well, I'm gonna stick with the bullpen in terms of what pissed me off. Um, Friday, and you know, I haven't, you know, I was a big anti Boone guy last year, I think that's what I got labeled as, but you know, I've, I've really haven't been tough on Boone this year. I think he's done a good job this year, but you know, man, Friday and Saturday. Him deciding to put in David Hale on Friday and then Jonathan Holder in on Saturday, both games were down by two runs, and both you know both guys give up runs, and especially Holder just kind of just puts the game out of reach when the game's not over. Like that was such a boon thing last year. It's like we'd be down by two runs, and it's it's like oh if, you know he wouldn't bring in like one of our better relievers while we're down two, he would bring in just a complete scrub, and then we're down five. And you a oh well,
1: white flag move, man. Like
0: oh. If we- <laughs> If we were, you know, if this was a tie game, maybe I would have brought in him. But since it was a two-run game, it's like, dude, what's the like? It's not that big of a difference. Like both cases, it's still a close game that we could win. And you know, the game, this game Saturday, Holder comes in, gives up three runs. You know, it's a 5 game. The Yankees, what does the offense do the next inning? They score two runs, but guess what? We're still down three because you decided to put in Jonathan Holder, who's been brutal in his last few outings. Uh, it was that that you know, I don't know. It, I just felt like you could have brought in a, especially on saturday when like you really didn't use anyone good out of your bullpen on friday like i get that you were you know you're having the bullpen day on sunday so i get why you want to save your bullpen but you got to try to you know to win the game you can't just put in jonathan holder while you're down too um it's it's not ideal you know like holder you know, his last outing was, I believe at that point was that second game against the Blue Jays, which despite not allowing any earned runs, he still wasn't good. He still didn't do his job. And, you know, just to put him back out there in a situation like that, like being down, like Aaron Boone treats being down two runs, like being down 10 runs. You know, you, it might as well be 10 nothing at that point with Boone because he just, you know, he just doesn't go for it at that point. It's still a Boone thing. But, yeah, that's what pissed me off. And speaking of bullpens, uh, Let's go into the most unanticipated bullpen trust list of the year. Uh, I don't want to put any of these assholes on my list, to be honest. Like I'm, I'm looking at, I'm like, wow, all these guys kind of suck this week. Uh, Andrew,
1: we start off. Do you wanna, sk- well, do you want do? do, do are we going to do a one through five, or do you want to kind of yeah, divert? because I, mean, I think no, I think all of our lists are in shambles.
0: No, we're going to do a one through four. We're doing it, Andrew. I, I have mm-hmm. my one through five ready. It, it's 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 um, ugly, but we got it. Oh, all
1: right. Uh, Chapman's still number one. I mean, he really has been the best house in the bad neighborhood <laughs> in the past few yeah. weeks. Um, Britain, I'll, I'll keep it, too. He obviously gave up the home run to Vlad Jr., but, I mean, Vladdy is, is going to be an absolute star in this league, and it wasn't even really a bad pitch. Like, mm-hmm. outside of that, he's still been pretty rock solid. You know, he'll make you sweat a little bit. He'll uh, he sweat,
0: sweat a lot, you know. Britain. Really? Uh, I, I thought you were talking about Chappie still. Luigi,
1: I is hell. Luigi, I hell. Luigi, I,
0: was, How, G. G. <laughs> I you were still talking about. Uh, I heard you said Chapman, and then I heard sweat like a little bit later, so, you
2: know. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm going to put Shocker rocketing all the way up to three, or I guess everyone else pushed him up because <clears> of their ineptitude. Chad Green is at number three for me. Wow. He pitched, pitched three times this week, uh, only allowed a run in one of those three performances, had a big uh, – two-inning opener today. Um, I mean, I don't really know what we're going to get from Chad Green over the long haul, but he seems to be pitching better right now, so for whatever that's worth. Um, Adovino at four. Um, I mean, he hasn't looked phenomenal either, and, of course, the home run to get up today was hit to – when he was basically was hit in Lake Erie. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, on the whole, he's still been pretty good, and Canely's really, really, really taken a hit um not just for his performance today it seemed like he's been a little hit and miss the past few weeks like you have a couple for like it was that game like i said in toronto he bailed out out of vino but there's other games where he's kind of looking a little shaky he gave up a couple home runs on our last homestand um but he's the kind of guy that he could turn it around super quickly
0: yeah uh you know Chad Green over Adavino. That's bold, man. I know, I know Adavino has been great, but he just allowed his first earned run today since like late April. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. Chad Green still got that eight point two seven ERA. Um, I'll go with my list next. Uh, still got Shappy at one. Uh, he he, te- you know, went down for a blown save on Sunday, but really wasn't all his fault. Um, thanks, DD. Good to have you back. But what the hell was that, man? Um, number two, I got Otto. You know, like I said, allowed his first earned run since like late April today. So, I'm still not all too worried about him. Got Camley at three. He had the terrible outing today. His ERA, I think, went up like a full point. You know, give, that's what that's what it'll do when you give up four runs in one inning. Uh, Britton, I got fourth. You know, like another guy who had a blow-up outing this week, but. I still have confidence in him still. He's still had a good year and I was going to put Tarpley fifth just as a nod to him striking out the side, but I couldn't do it. I'm going to put swag green fifth. Uh, he looks like he's getting back on track. He's the best opener of all time. The greatest opener ever. We're now four and zero when Chad green is the opener. So Chad green should just be the opener at least once a week. That that's what we're going to do because they're guaranteed wins at this point. And so, yeah, that, that's my bullpen trust list. Uh, Holder out of here. Holder's not even in the top 10 anymore. Um I think Chance Adams is ahead of Holder as of now. Uh G, what's your top 5? All right.
3: So I I started, you know, when I sat down to go over my list and I was originally going to keep it pretty much the same and then this week happened and you know, that's all out the window, but number 1 is still Chapman and he was you know, I mean, he makes us sweat sometimes, but he was the American League uh, reliever of the month for May, and you know, DD cost him today. But I mean, he's been really great overall for the season. I'm leaving Ottavino at number two, and you know, I mean, he gave up that monster shot today. But again, for the season, he's been really good. Um, I'm moving Zach Britton up to number three, and I oh, feel they're like big moves by G. G yeah, well, I mean, I can't, I can't mention Zach Britton with that. People, you know, you guys pointing out how I knocked him that one time, which yeah. is, like, a pretty good while ago at this point. But, <laughs> you know, he gave up the home run to Vlad Jr. Um, and that was his first earned runs allowed since, like, the beginning of May, like the very, like, first few days of May. So I consider that, you know, a pretty good enough stretch to warrant moving up in my list. And um, I'm putting Canley at four. He was, you know, green at five, and I really kind of waffled on that one. But, you know, green, I'm going to see if, if he can keep, you know, improving for a little bit longer before I move him any further up. Canley has definitely taken a little bit of a hit. He's looked a little shaky, had a couple bad, you know, bad moments in outings over the last couple of weeks. But I still think, you know, he's got a little bit of a leash, and, you know, he was really, really good, you know, for the first. You know, a month and a half of the season. That I'd be really surprised to see that all just go away. Like if he just lost it all again. Knock on wood. I hope that doesn't happen. But my list is Chapman, Ottavino, Britton, Canely and Chad Green. So mine's basically it's it's very similar to G's.
2: I've I'm doing the unthinkable for me and putting Chapman at one because he's really been the only reliever, especially in this past week, that you can count on. Like Luigi said, he, today he got a blown save, but that was not his fault in any way. If Didi had made that play, he would have gotten an actual save. Um, then I have Britain second, just because I think britain has been, he's been really good recently, like G said. Um, in case we haven't covered it yet, uh, he gave up the home run to Vlad Jr. the other day. But it was, that pitch was really, really well located, and Vlad just flicked it out. Over the left field wall. Um, so I think I have a lot of faith in Britain right now. I um, do at three because I, his stuff is so nasty that he like, even though he gave up the home run today, he can't hit. Um, he, the, his only problem is that he struggles with his control and that is a side effect of his stuff being so nasty. But I think he's, he's been probably the Yankees most reliable or one of their most reliable relievers this year. Uh, I've Canley at four just because he's uh, his blow up today. That can't be, you know, that that's gotta be an outlier. He had the other blow up in Houston uh, in the beginning of the season. But other than that, he really has not um, given up that many runs. He, I he had a home run uh, when the Yankees played Tampa at Yankee stadium and, there's been, you know, there's been a few other ones, but for the most part he's been fantastic. And then I have Chad Green at I have Chad Green at uh, five.
0: Swag, it's good to see Swag Green making it back onto the bullpen trust list. So we we never thought we'd see him again, but hey, you know when. Jonathan Holder was your number five for so many weeks. It's, it's not that hard to dethrone that guy. Uh, let's wrap up the show. Just uh, Yankees got a quick two game set, a little Subway Series against the New York Mets. Uh, the Mets are currently thirty two and thirty three. They've won four of their last five, though. So hey, they got that going for them. And you know what else they got going for them? Pete Alonso. Dude's really damn good. I remember him at. Uh, he he went to UF. He was a Gator, and he was dude just has always just been a great hitter and he's carrying it to the big leagues. He's already got 21 home runs this year. He's having a great year. Um but the Mets they're still the Mets, you know. Uh I think we're going to see Jason Vargas on Monday and I believe is it Wheeler on Tuesday? I have to check again, but yeah, you know, we're not seeing any of the Mets' uh, big arms, right? No Syndergaard, no Gram. Um how are we feeling? I believe this is our first of two subway series we'll have this year. I think we have one at the beginning of July and obviously this one. So guys, how are we feeling facing the Mets, the, the the mighty Mets.
2: The Mets are awful and like, really <laughs> be sad if the Yankees don't win this.
0: They're not they're not awful, they're not good. You know, 32 and 33 is isn't awful. It's it's bad, but it's, it's sure. very average,
1: but it's you know. That that just seems really trap series to me though, you
3: know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The really thing is a trap series. They just lost all these games this week. We're worried right about a trap. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, because you
1: you look at the quality of the opponent, and you think like, well, you know, we struggled against Cleveland, who's an okay team on the road. We're coming home. We're facing next team that we should win. Let's go ahead and take two games, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a hole. Um, I I feel like just. the the perspective, you know, the Yankees are expected to win both these games. So and now that end it becomes a trap.
0: Yeah. Um Monday Monday and Tuesday, also Monday, Tanaka's pitching for the Yanks. He's back from his uh paternity leave. Also, you know, yeah, we we've been joking about it, but shout out to Tanaka and his wife for having a kid. P- pretty awesome. Paxton pitching Tuesday. So, you know, Tanaka and Paxton going Monday and Tuesday against this mess lineup. Shit should be good, right? But you, you just never know. That's baseball season.
3: Like the Yankees have the advantage, I believe in the, both of those pitching matchups because it is yeah reasonable. absolutely. Like th- I mean, they really should win both of these games. You know, the Mets are, you know, they're not like a joke, outright embarrassment like the you know circus that the Mets have been in years past. Like, but they're really like a pretty average, beatable baseball team.
2: Hmm just like to announce that Robinson Cano has had two different DL stints this year, so that trade's really worked out for them.
3: Look, <laughs> well, man, there's some things you can count on, and one of those is the Mets training staff and, you know, doctors and whole medical team being an absolute joke. I mean, we J- like, were J- like, uh, in it's no
0: it's to channel. make fun of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's not make fun of anybody else's training staff because, you know, the Yankees right now. Uh, not, not right now. Yeah, we had like best. at one point. At one point, we actually had, I'm checking now, 285 players on the IL in the month of April. So that's that's just a rough estimate. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm not even counting the pitchers. That's pretty precise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But um, the Yankees, I believe, after this, don't they, who would they play after this Mets series? It's, it's another like average team. It's another team that classic trap game. Trap trap games I should say. Um oh yeah, the Chicago four-game set against the Chicago White Sox in Chicago. Uh good things usually happen there, right? In that stadium. Nothing bad ever happened there to the Yankees, right?
1: Right? What are we alluding to? Milky hit a cycle there. McGonagall no, had an awesome debut there. What are we talking about?
0: I'm t- I was thinking of the Fowler incident. Oh, no. I don't know why. That just popped right in my head. That just, I remember that was in Chicago. That made me sad. Um, Jacoby
2: Ellsbury hit a go-ahead home run a couple years ago in Chicago. Well, like eight,
0: eight years ago. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember, like I have a bad memory at his, just like I don't remember Jacoby. Like the only thing I remember Jacoby Ellsbury on the Yankees for is him getting catchers' interferences. Like that's pretty much it. Like I, I just don't remember Jacoby. I don't have vivid memories of Jacoby Ellsbury on the Yankees. It's just been too long. I wouldn't expect any more vivid memories
1: of <laughs> him. <laughs> oh, God.
0: Oh, man. All right, guys. Anything else before we wrap the show up? I think we've gone like an hour here. So it's a good show, though. Good show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess we should probably note that Batantos had a setback. So I don't even know if we're going to get to see him at all this year. I mean, we don't, at least it's. it's our, yeah, when I see when was person's... that
0: announced? When was that announced?
1: They they said, uh, I believe it was Boone's post-game interview yesterday. They said he, he had some pain in his lap. Oh, my God, dude. I'm. His, they basically
3: said his regular post-throwing soreness turned into, like, actual concerning soreness. He's going back to New York to oh meet God. with the doctor tomorrow, I think. Yeah, that's really yeah. concerning. Oh because Sever-
1: if it's the same injury as Severino, Severino will shut down for, what, like six weeks mm-hmm. in, in in April. It's already mm-hmm. June. So, so it I, has I, that. It, he might not pitch all the sugar. Or, again, with the Yankees, is going to be a free injury. The,
3: yeah. the thing that's working in his favor is that he is, in fact, a reliever and doesn't need to get stretched out. But, I mean, that's it's still concerning if you have multiple injuries in the same year. Yeah. Not yeah.
0: On a slightly po- more positive note, uh, Stanton's supposed to begin rehab in, like, the next week. So maybe we get Stanton back. Judge's supposed to start rehab and hopefully a couple of weeks. Absolutely. According to Yankees' Twitter, they don't need Stanton, though. Yeah, fuck. No, that's why I always say, like, you know, just yo, Stan sucks. Yo, Stan actually sucks, yo. Like, yo, he had kind of an off year last year. He still hit like 38 bombs and 100 RBIs. Yo, he sucks. Um,
3: yeah, uh, dude, yeah said sucks. yesterday that he's really close, but I swear that I saw somewhere that they said, like, remember, he, uh, I- he, could, he could go and, and start the rehab like early this week.
0: Honestly, I'll I'll never believe anything the Yankees say about injuries ever again. After they said Aaron Hicks would be ready for like the first series of the weekend, and he wasn't
3: ready for like
2: the like. What about Judge saying he'd be back in two weeks after he broke his wrist?
0: Yeah, yeah, that too.
2: Did Um, Judge
3: say that, or did the Yankees say that? Like, I think Judge did, but yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> good, t- good
0: times! Good times for the Yankees and injuries. Yankee, the, the IL Yankees as well. Yes. Cue
3: the Sports Center, not top ten music when we're talking
0: about <laughs> the, the
3: Yankees' injury list. Uh,
0: man, well, at the end of the day, they're still tied for first with Tampa, uh, forty wins so far in the young season. Um, hope, yeah, we got a, six games this week against below five hundred teams, right? Let's let's try to win let's, – let's win more than two games this week, right? Because it was the same situation last week where you, you're kind of facing two below-average teams and, you, you you know, you lose both series. You can't have that, you know? It's understandable that you're not going to win every series, obviously, after winning nine straight. But, man. They it still makes
3: Boston a comfortable seven games back, which is, you know mm-hmm. – it's a, it's a good distance for them to be back. Yeah.
1: And, and they really got to hit their groove uh, on this this stretch, too, because after that, we got six straight yeah, games against t- Tampa t- and yep. Houston. Like, that's brutal.
0: Yeah, Tampa, then Houston back-to-back. It's pretty, pretty rough. So they got to figure their shit out
1: this week. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, for Luigi, for Alex, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.